Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Good morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this is a a first for me. I've never preached two consecutive services in, uh, in my years of ministry. And so it's a learning experience for me. I have, uh, I have purposed in my heart in years past to pray specifically for the service that was upcoming because I know that that God has people in every service that specifically need to be impacted by the word. If we could just begin to understand that going to church is not just about going to church, it's about people's lives being impacted by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. We need to understand more and more of that because it's so important in this time that we live. If, uh, if you have not uh, been present the last two Sundays, you've missed out on uh, some really, really good Bible teaching. Week before last, Pastor Noe began the study of Christian doctrine, dealing with the first of those six things, which was repentance from dead works. And uh, what he taught us and we came to realize is that repentance from dead works is a complete forsaking of the idea that your actions can in any way determine God's love for you and his acceptance of you. That somehow your actions makes you acceptable to God. Most of life, most of us were raised in some type of performance rewarded Uh, situation. Uh, If we did good on a test, we were rewarded. If we did not do good on a test, uh, there was a consequence that came for that. And then, then somewhere in, in the scheme of things, we begin for some reason giving out participation awards so that everybody, uh, was rewarded irregardless of their effort. And, and, to me, that has so undermined uh, the motivation behind uh, people trying harder. You know, in, in life, there are winners and there are losers. And the good news is, is that if, if I lost last time, I've got an opportunity to work a little harder, do a little better, so I can be a winner next time. But if there's no motivation for improvement, then I just simply am satisfied with a mediocre life. But God is not that kind of God. He loves us. And then Brother Pat uh, 
preach the next uh, time and, and uh, out of that same passage, uh, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, and then I'm going to be dealing with, with baptism. But this is what uh, Brother Pat taught us is that, is that total confidence in the integrity of God and his word. That's what faith is. It's trusting God at his word. Uh, he was so bold to say, and I was glad that he said it, not to believe God is to call God a liar. Now, we may not like to hear that, but that's the reality. To accuse God of something that the Word of God says God is not responsible for is to falsely accuse God. To, to say God brought that on you or God brought that on them or God took them away, that's, that's not fair because that's not what the Word teaches. The Word teaches that God is for us, not against us. And uh, so we, uh, we uh, came to understand that that faith in God is, is to trust what he said. Not trust, not lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, knowing that he's going to direct our paths. So it is imperative, if you're going to know God, you got to know what his word says. Because again, you go back and you read out of John's gospel, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among men, and that's Jesus. So what we see in Jesus, and the word says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. If Jesus said at one time, boldly, he said, you've seen me? You see what I do? You see how I behave? You see how I have compassion? You see, that's the Father. So the Father is compassionate toward us in the midst of that. Now, we're going to deal with baptisms today, and uh, the New American Standard calls them washings. Basically, there are three baptisms in the Bible that we're going to deal with. There, there could be a baptism of fire, but I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about the three baptisms. One, John the Baptizer's bab baptism, and that was a re uh, for repentance from sin, and uh, then Jesus' baptism, and that was a faith in Jesus Christ, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So basically, when you look at John's baptism, it was a baptism from something. In other words, they, they were being baptized because they had repented of their sins. Then you look at the baptism that Jesus that preceded the Jesus and the, doing Jesus' ministry, it, it was a call to someone. In other words, you stop doing something over here, and over here, the baptism that followed after the ministry of Jesus was it was toward someone, your faith in Jesus Christ. So, interestingly enough, when you look at these basic doctrines that we've been talking about, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, and, and, uh, and, the, and baptisms, you're dealing with, this is in, a, in an order that, that they were talked about there. So let's look at a couple of three scriptures quickly about John's baptism. Mark 1, 4 says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Then in Acts 19, the apostle Paul said, John baptized with water, with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was to come after him, that is in Jesus, it was looking toward someone. So there is a difference in that. One was 
I'm being baptized because I'm looking for the coming of Jesus. I'm looking for the Messiah. The other was, I, I've, I've stopped doing some things. In other words, my life is, my life is different now. And, uh, and the, here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. If when you profess faith in Jesus Christ and you came to call him Lord and Savior and your life did not change, then you did not call him Lord and Savior. You may have spoke it with your mouth, but it's a matter of the heart. Salvation, the evidence of salvation, bottom line, is a changed life. That's, that's what the Bible says. You, you see, to, to, to say any different than that is, is again, to misunderstand and misrepresent the scripture. Uh, the baptism that John was repentance, the baptism that Jesus, if you look carefully at the ministry of Jesus Christ and at the ministry of John the baptizer, you'll notice that their ministry and their message always begins with this word, repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. There's always a repentance involved. That means there's a change of heart. There's a change of mind. There's a change of action. I do something different now than I did it before I did what I did. When I confess faith in Jesus Christ, it changed me on the inside. My motivation is different. My desire is different. I have a, a different life. If any man be in Christ, the scripture says, he's a new creature. What happened to the old things? The old things passed away and behold, all things have become new. So there's a change that happens when a person is genuinely saved. It changed. Now, and it's more than, a, it's more than an act of the will. It's a, it's a, it's a Holy Ghost encounter. And, and you, you just can't get saved just because you want to. You know, it, it, there has to be a, no one comes to the Father, Jesus said, except the Holy Spirit calls them. So if you're just sitting around, well, I'm going to do all I want to do, and then I'm going to give my heart to Jesus, and I'm going to get saved, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because the scripture clearly says, today is the day of salvation. Behold, today is the day of salvation. In other words, when the Spirit of God is dealing with an individual concerning salvation, that's when they give their heart to Jesus, not when they decide to do it. It's a calling of the Spirit. It's a wooing of the Spirit. It, 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 it is the, the God will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the reality is, is that when the Spirit of God is calling you, you need to respond not only to salvation, and we're going to see that in a little bit, but to everything else as you grow in, in faith in the midst of that. Now, Jesus at baptism in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 said, Peter says, repent. There it is again. Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in Matthew 28, 19, 20, he tells us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts chapter 1, verse 2, there is a passage about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To these, he, Jesus, now this is after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. He said he presented himself alive. Uh, after his suffering, he, he and many convincing proofs, none of the, the things that he did, over a period of 40 days, speaking to the things concerning the kingdom of God, gathering them together, he commanded. Now that's a strong word in the original language. It, it is like he gave them an imperative. 
There was, there was no other option. This is the way it is. He commanded them. Now, you know, that's kind of a nasty word in our old me society that we live in. We don't like nobody telling us nothing. You know, we just don't. We, but Jesus said, listen, it is imperative. It is imperative that you do not leave on your Christian journey, that you do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise that I have promised you. So he said, he said, even though you have followed me, even though you have walked with me, even though you saw me crucified, even though you saw me resurrected, even though you, you, you saw all of that and you believe that and, and, and you know all of that, he said, there's something else that you need that is an imperative in your life. And that is the promise of the Holy Spirit that I, that I told you about. So we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. And uh, uh, Acts 1.5 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. A promise from God. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. In light of the current world situation, how are you, spiritually speaking, how are you going to endure? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do you see yourself in 20 years? Now, I know you're sitting here in your plan and, and I ask you, how, how do you plan on getting there? How, how do you plan on staying faithful? What's going to maintain you when hard times come? How many people in here, and every one of you do, if you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but every one of us in here knows somebody, probably many somebodies, that at one time in their life, they served Jesus, they were faithful to the church, they loved God, they taught a Sunday school, they stood in the pulpit and preached, they loved Jesus, and today, they don't even give him the time of day. You know people like that? I know lots of people like that. Fact of the matter is, as a pastor, one of the things that has distressed me the most is is how in the world does that happen to individuals? How is it? And I think of a, a couple of young men in my life that, that had a call on their life to the preaching ministry. And as a young, young person, they actually preached. But today they're, they're a thousand miles away from where God would want them to be living in the world. Now, why is that? What, what happened? How can I stay true in the hard times? How can I trace through in the good times? Sometimes uh, good times. I've known people that have, that have been kind of middle class and, and suddenly uh, they have become wealthy or maybe they have done a, a great job and, and they have received the sums of money. And, and I've known as many that have turned away in good times as they have in bad times. What is, it, what is it that keeps us? How, how can you guarantee that five years from now you're going to be moving on with Jesus? How can you guarantee in 10 years you're going to be moving on with Jesus? See, I think that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes in. And I'm going to show you that biblically in a few moments. Because the truth is, is you can't do it by yourself. You, 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 can't, you can't make yourself better than you are. You can't, 
You just can't get up in the morning and say, well, bless God, I'm going to be a better man than I was yesterday. Now, that's admirable, and that's a good thing to do. But the reality is, spiritually speaking, for you to be everything God has destined you to be and purposed you to be, it, it, it requires the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason Jesus said to his first disciples, don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you get the promise that I promised. Now, I think the Holy Spirit has gotten a bad rep in our, a bad rap in our churches in that, that we have associated him only with speaking in tongues or acting weird. Now, the truth is, he does make you act weird on times. And, and times that, that you'll do things that, quote, you wouldn't do. For instance, you know, I never, I was raised in a, as a Baptist young boy. And you know, in the book of Acts, it says, when the Holy Spirit came that first time, the people that observed them, what did they say about them? They were drunk. Now, why do you think they said that? Because they smelled of alcohol? No, because they were doing things like drunk people would do. People out of control of their faculties, out of control of their senses. Things that, you, you know, it's, it's, I've never been around much drinkers. I'm a teetotaler myself and, uh, and recommend it highly. But the reality is, is, is that there was an outward action that was, that was beyond the individual's better judgment, if you want to use that, or common sense, or natural behavior. And here's the thing. If you've rejected the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life because you didn't want to speak in tongues or you didn't want to act weird, then you're missing out on the major ministry of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's ministry is, to, is not to make you act weird. It's not even to get you to speak in tongues. It's to empower you for living life in this season. Now think with me just for a moment. In our situation, repentance took care of all of our past sins, did it not? We, we repented of our sins. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. We were born again. All of that's under the blood, is it not? Okay. Now we come over here with, with faith in Jesus Christ, which Brother Pat talked about last week, which was an awesome message. Faith in Jesus Christ. We have put our confidence in him. And what did he promise? Behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And he said, I've got a place reserved for you in heaven. So, so our eternity is taken care of on this side because of what Jesus did. Our sins are taken care of because of what Jesus did, but that was the repentance that John was preaching. So we're left, ladies and gentlemen, with today, right now. How do I live victoriously today? How do I stay faithful today? How do I walk upright today? How in five years I'm going to be further down the road than I am today? How do I do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you that by the word of God. Now listen to these verses out of Timothy. Why is this important? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a Christian life mediocre. I don't want to just squeak into heaven. 
I want when I get there, they know who I am. That, that I've sent some on ahead before me. That, that there's been, the, the devil's a little bit more beat up because I've been here than, than he was before I got here. There's some victory that I've won and there's some battles that I've won and there's a way that I've lived that's glorified the Father in my life. Now listen to what this, is, this, this passage says here in, in 2 Timothy. He says, you should know this. Now if, if Paul said to Timothy, you should know it, guess what? You should know it too. Now this is what he says. He said that in the last days there shall be very difficult it will be very difficult. That means to do or to bear. And it means they're violent times. Now we live in that time, ladies and gentlemen. We, we, it, it's a vicious world. This morning about 1230 in Baltimore, Maryland, they had a shooting, shot 30 people, killed two. I don't know what was going on. Some kind of block party, they said. Now I don't know about you, but if I lived in Baltimore, Maryland, I would have wanted to hear the Holy Spirit say, Jim, don't go to that. See, that's the kind of help I'm talking about. It's the kind of help that says, don't go there. Don't do that. Do this. Give that. Don't give that. You see what? I, that, that's the kind of help that Jesus gave to us by the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of the Father in your life and my life that there is an indwelling presence of Jesus Christ called the Holy Spirit, the exact representation of the Father, the same power, the same authority lives inside of every believer. And this is what the Word says, I've sent him to you to be your helper. You need help. I need help. This world is meaner than I am. This world is tougher than I am. This world is smarter than I am. I need help. And Jesus said, I've sent him to you and his name is Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But if I'm not aware of that, if I'm not anticipating that, if I'm not training myself in hearing his voice, then I don't have the benefit of that. You know, if I... <laughs> If, if I simply know how to do something and you're making a mess out of it and I don't say, stop, do this, go there, then, then you don't benefit from my presence. See, and I believe that the average believer doesn't give the Holy Spirit the, the attention that he needs to help us in life. Don't eat that. You know, there's been several times that we've been eating in a restaurant and the Holy Spirit would say, don't eat that. Be sitting at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a turn signal. Don't go that way. Now, it's not this great booming, don't go this way, it's God speaking. See, that may be what you're waiting for, but no, it, it's, an, it's an inward urge. It's a prompting of the Holy Spirit, but you have to develop a sensitivity to that. You, you hear what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's not something that just automatically you train. You, you know, uh, now, now I'm kind of tone deaf musically. 
I can't tell you a C from a B or a D. I don't know anything about notes <coughs> or none of that. And, and, and I, now I appreciate a good, a good music, a good song, but I couldn't tell you whether it's on key or out of key or whatever key it's in. I don't know. But others have trained themselves. I, I knew a lady that, that every time she stood to sing, she was absolute. I mean, she never wavered from the right key. I mean, from the first get-go, it wasn't that she was hunting for where she needed to be. She knew where she needed to be. But she had been trained. She was sensitive to that. And what I'm encouraging you to do today is to make a determination to train yourself to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to the, leader of the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, so that you can live out this world, this life, in victory. Did not Jesus say that I came that you might have life and even that more abundantly? Did he not say that he gave to us everything pertaining to life and godliness? Yes. Did he not say I have made you more than a conqueror? Yes. So why do we not take advantage of the help that has been given? Can I tell you why? Because it takes work, effort, time, attention, commitment, to train yourself. You know a great musician spends hours every day. They may have been, spend, they may have been spending uh, 20 or 30 years studying music, but when they take up their violin, they practice daily. They train themselves to be proficient. I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to get proficient at hearing the Holy Spirit and then obeying the Holy Spirit in the midst of that. Now let's run through some of this. Now he goes, let me read this. I just, I feel impressed that I want to, I want to impress upon you, not that you don't know you live in a corrupt world. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be difficult times for people who love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. He goes on then and says in verse 3, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others, they will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will betray their friends, be reckless. Oh, excuse me. That's, that's the last passage. He said, look, look at that. He said, stay away. This is the last part of verse 5. Stay away. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like this. What's your major influencer? What is your major influencer? What is it that, that you hear or see that influences you the most? Because that's how you become. That's how you think. That's how your worldview gets developed. 
The reason that people think that something is right, that the word of God says is not right, is because they have been corrupted in their thinking by the worldview, the world that's around them, or by their emotional attachment to something. You see, it's not all right if you think it's all right. But that's the rationale that's in our world. It's not all right if the word says it's not all right. But you see, I have watched now in these, in these 40 years of ministry, in these 80 years of living life, I have watched this book right here being taken from the word of God to a book of hate, filled with hate. It condemns people. It, it points out people's failures. They don't want to call it sin. But you see, th this, is, this is the word of God. This is forever. Oh, no, Brother Jim, it's just a book written by man. No, 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 no. It's a book written by man inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is the word of God and it is settled forever and it will come to pass. You mean there's not any doubts or any? No, 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 I didn't say that. I said what this word establishes as fact will remain a fact. Irregardless of the laws that are passed or whoever goes against it. Do you understand that there has been a systematic dismantling of the importance of the word of God in this world that we live in? just like there has been stealing away the position of, a, of the husband or of the manhood, just like there's been stealing away womanhood. We're, we're, they've tried to make us all one now. Your, new, your, new, your uniqueness as a woman has, is, is, is under attack. My uniqueness as a man is under attack, even to the point that, that they're trying to make us to change the pronouns of how we pronounce, whether it be a, a male or female or she or what. Just recently, there was a professor in, in a college that was reprimanded because he gave a scientific explanation of male and female using the chromosomes. I'm telling you, the, the world that Timothy is not coming, ladies and gentlemen, it's here. We live in it right now. Jesus said in, in Matthew 24, 10, which is interesting reading if you'd like to read that, he said, at that time, many will fall away, be offended, and will betray one another. I have never seen the like of offended people for no reason. I mean, you know, the only reason you get offended is because you choose to. Nobody can offend you if you choose not to be offended. You can call me fat and ugly and it doesn't offend me at all. I, I choose not to get offended. You can call me a bigot and a hate monger. I choose not to get offended. Why? But because offense creates a seedbed of, for the devil to work in, in the midst of that. Now there's some truths I want to touch on very quickly. Some truths that I have learned. There is no fast forward to spiritual maturity. Listen, the, the latest book you offered, ordered off the internet on seven steps to become spiritually mature is not going to work. There's no such thing as a fully grown Christian. I've been at this a long time. 
And my position at this point is I know less than I knew when I started. Why? Because my God has gotten bigger. I thought somehow I knew who he was in the beginning, but I'm beginning to realize at this point he's far greater, far more wonderful, far more loving than anything I've ever imagined in my life. He's a big, big God. And not only that, he's for us in the midst of that. There is not a secret formula to a victorious Christian life. You can't buy that book. It says six steps to victorious Christian life. It's not going to work. It's not, there's not a secret formula. There, there's, no, there's no such thing as a life without struggles. Just because we're born again does not mean we'll not walk through some difficult times. There will always be some disappointing and tough times in our life. But I'm telling you here, and what I'm trying, the point I'm making today is this right here. There is a way to live at peace in a troubled world. There is a way to live filled with joy. Walking in a greater degree of health, provision, and safety. With, with clearer direction, protection, and purpose. Now, I don't know why. You see, that would, to me, would make a, 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 an awesome info commercial. What if they came on the TV and said to you tonight, listen, there is a way that you can have a life filled with great joy and great peace and more. You would order it for $39.95 a month and automatically redo it. Because we're all looking for that. We all want more joy. We all want more peace. We all want more safety. We all want better health. All of us want that. Even the heathen wants that. I've never met a man yet that said to me, man, I hope my next year is more miserable than last. I'll tell you last year was the worst thing I've ever had, but I tell you what, I'm looking forward to next year. It's going to be worse than that. You to have them committed. All of us want that. And I'm saying to you as a born again believer, there is a way you can have that operating in your life. But it comes with a price. It just doesn't automatically come. You know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, Brother Jim, I, I prayed to receive Jesus and, and, I, and I really believe I'm saved, but man, my world is, is worse now than it was before. Well, that's because there's abortion going on. See, following Jesus was never meant to be a convenient kind of thing. It was never meant to be an easy choice. You, you do understand that we're talking about baptism in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament time, the Roman Empire didn't care if you professed faith in Jesus Christ. They didn't care what you said but when you went to the baptismal pool and you committed yourself to public baptism, then they was after you because you had made a serious commitment to the person of Jesus Christ and they didn't like that. Baptism was a death sentence to many in the New Testament time. It wasn't some, some outward sign of an inward change. It wasn't some public demonstration of your faith in Jesus Christ. No, it was a death sentence. It meant, it meant the chances of you getting killed for your faith just increased because you went public with your commitment to follow Christ. See, that's foreign to, the new, to, 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 to today's Christians. 
See, we want to pray and, and we want to receive Christ and, and then we don't want any more problems. See, we're looking for, for Jesus to make it easy for us. Now, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but I'm telling you there is a way that you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You, you, can, you can have victory in the midst of all the wars around you. See, one of the things the Spirit's been dealing with me about is, you know, in the church, we have prepared believers for battle. So we've got them going from battle to battle to battle to battle. What we should have been doing is preparing them for the war. See, if you're prepared for the war, the battles are just part of what the whole's going on. See what it is, you have a battle and whoo, we get all full of faith, we get all fired up, man, we get to praying, we call a prayer chain, we get it going and that battle's over, then we slack off. And then we go down the road and then another battle comes and then we got to call a prayer chain and we got to get, and well, that, that's passing. No, 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 no. Make up your mind back down here that God has given you what you need pertaining to life and godliness incorporate the power of the Holy Spirit, train yourself to hear his voice, make yourself obey what he says and walk in the victory in the midst of that irregardless of where the war may be going on, whether you're in the heat of battle or you're taking a little R&R time. See, that way you have victory all the way through in the midst of that. So let's look at some, some things that are here. Now, if... If repentance from dead works could care all my all of my sin, my faith in Jesus Christ take care of all of my eternity, then I'm left with right now, and that's what the Holy Spirit is here to deal with. He that's where the third baptism comes in, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, the truth is the baptism in by or with the Holy Spirit gives us the necessary ability to live as an overcomer. If you have rejected the Holy Spirit because your denomination thought it was excess, them Pentecostals over there, they're out of, they out of control. If, if you have rejected it because you feel like the Holy Spirit's job was to make you look foolish. If you have, if you, uh, have neglected and rejected the Holy Spirit because uh, you might be praying to the devil if you're speaking in tongues instead of speaking the word of God. Whatever your reason, whatever your rationale in rejecting the Holy Spirit, you, listen, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're, you're hurting yourself. You need, to, you need to get up. You need to leave here today. You need to walk out and say, Holy Spirit, I embrace you. Baptize me, fill me up, cover me over, do whatever you want to because I know you're here for my good. See, we need to embrace the Holy Spirit, not reject the Holy Spirit. And then we need to train ourselves to hear his voice and obey him because he wants to lead you into righteousness. He wants to lead you into peace. He wants to lead you into safety and protection. That's what he's for in the midst of that. So what does the Holy Spirit do? I'm not gonna read the scripture for time-wise, but I'm going to tell you what he does. <coughs> you can look at the, the screen for the scripture. First thing the Holy Spirit does is he empowers us. In other words, he makes us more than we really are. 
It's, it's, like, it's, 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 like, it's like when you take the Holy Spirit and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like where they, you know, these people that, that are paralyzed uh, and, 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 and sometimes the quadriplegics and, and now they have these things that they're working on and they come and they strap it on that individual. And even though he can't walk, he can walk now, not because his legs are better, but because he is empowered by this framework around him. And so he can move where he couldn't move before. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. He takes you in your weakness and makes you strong. He takes you in your inability and gives you the ability to do that. He empowers you to do that. Not only that, he gives us the ability to say no to fleshly desire. Now, all of us have desires. You do too. Now, your desire may be different from me. The drug addict has a desire for drugs. The alcoholic has, an, has a desire for alcohol. You know, the, the, the sex addict has, a, has a, a desire for sexual things. You know, the pedophile has, has, has a desire. You see, well, we all got desires. How many times, <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, I have safely in my 80 years lost the weight of this building. You know, there was a time in my life when I, I wore 52 pants and weighed 350 or 60 pounds. You know, I had a desire for food. I loved to eat. You know what? I still love to eat. It all tastes good to me. I like it. But you know what? There comes a time when you have to learn to say no. It, it, you know, I've known people, I remember Husto Shavana, evangelist, that used to say, when I, when I got saved, gave my heart to Jesus, he de immediately delivered me from a $1,000 a day cocaine habit. But I struggle with smoking cigarettes. And he said, he said, he said, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you delivered me from my cocaine addiction. Surely you can take these cigarettes away. And he said, no, I'm waiting for you to do that for me. See, the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to say no to those things that hurt you. He leads you. The, the Bible clearly says, for all who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. In other words, the Spirit of God leads you. I'm, I, listen to me. He's practical, church. That's what I'm talking about. It's not some kind of, ooh, 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 the Holy Spirit is moving. No, 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 no. It's practical. It's every day. It's, it's on the job. It's at the house. It's, it's dealing with your children. It's, it's making decisions. The Holy Spirit leads you if you'll train yourself to hear his voice in the midst of that. He, <laughs> he frees us from legalism. You see? Yeah. You know, <sighs> Yeah, there are things you ought not do. But you know, when the Holy Ghost is leading you, it's no big deal not to do that stuff. You know, he's freed me from the opinion of men. You know, I want you to like me, but I don't care if you do. I mean, I'm not going to get down in the floor and wallet just because you don't like me. You know, because my, my confidence in me is, is not you, it's him. 
The Holy Spirit lives in me and, and, and he establishes my worth. You know, you know, I've been fat all my life. I mean, really fat. And, and you know, when I was in, in, in high school, junior high growing up, you know, I was made fun of. Used to hurt my feelings. But the Holy Spirit is to lead us and to guide us and to free us. Look at this. He leads us, Galatians 5.25. He gives us peace, John 14.27. He helps us, John 16.17. He gives us power to overcome, Acts 1.8. He teaches us, John 14.26. He reminds us, John 17.26. He lives in us, John 14.17. He makes us witnesses, Acts 1.8. He gives us boldness, Acts 4.31. He gives us insight, Acts 37.55. He gives us comfort, Acts 9.33. 9.33. He sets us apart, Acts 13, 2. He calls us to, to what God has for us, Acts 13, 2. He leads us in prayer in Jude 20. See, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, we have entire denominations that have rejected that simply because of tongues. And then we have other denominations that have made the whole thing about tongues. Now, I think you can safely see that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a whole lot broader than baptizing us with tongues. He wants to take you right where you are and lead you in the paths of righteousness. He, he, wants to, he wants to reveal to you whether or not that man you're dating is the right man, whether that woman you're going with, whether that decision you're making, whether you ought to buy that house or buy that car. He wants to do that. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, church, to lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now look at this last slide here. Acts 1.5 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days. Remember, it was a promise given. But like any promise, you have to receive that. Well, just, yeah, you know, I've heard people praying for the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll take whatever you want to give me. Uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, yeah. You offer me $10 and $10,000, I'm not going to take what you want to give me. <laughs> I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to say, you see, if you can get beyond the fact that this Holy Spirit is associated with speaking in tongues, if you can get past the fact that the Holy Spirit sometimes does things that is beyond our understanding, if you can get to the place where you understand that he's for you, not against you. If, he, if you get to the place where you say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, baptize me, immerse me, fill me up. You know, baptizo means to immerse. It, it means to, it, it's like you take that, that bread at, at the Italian restaurant and you dip it in that oil. That's, you baptize that bread in that oil. You, you dip it in there, baptizo in there. So that's the reason we immerse. See, I've tried to help you today to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You understand the baptism of repentance. That's when you say no to sin. You understand 
the, the, the baptism of faith in Jesus Christ, that's how you got your salvation. That's how you're guaranteed a place in heaven. But there's many of us in the church that don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit and we've stood back and we've cheated ourselves out of the helper that the Father has sent to us. I challenge you today, church. Embrace the Holy Spirit. Let him baptize you. As surely as you were baptized in water, let the Holy Spirit immerse you. Let the Holy Spirit come over you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you up. Let the Holy Spirit have control in your life. And then you say to him, Holy Spirit, now I don't know a whole lot about how you talk, but would you teach me how to listen to you? And then, and then, and then study the benefits. And you will find over and over and over and over again, the Holy Spirit will lead you equip you, protect you, provide for you as never before. And if the world around us, ladies and gentlemen, is going to hell in a handbasket, which it is, it's not that we're unaffected by it, but the Holy Spirit will protect us from it and give us wisdom to live in it, but not be controlled by it. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a deal to me because I'm weak and I need help. I need somebody to help me. And I know the Holy Spirit has come to do that. Won't you stand with me and let me pray for you. If someone here has a prayer need and you want to pray, we have some folks that come up here in a few minutes and they'll be happy to pray with you. But I challenge you, Take another look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit and see if that's what's not missing in your life. Would you do that? Now, Father, we thank you for this, this promise that you said was ours if we would but receive it. Father, we thank you that you have given us John's example of turning from our sins that baptism of repentance and we thank you for that New Testament example of baptism of faith in Jesus Christ but Father we live in a world right now that is absolutely crazy and we need the help of your helper the one like you the paraclete the one who walks beside us. And so, Father, we're here today to ask you, teach us to hear his voice. Help us to obey him. And always, Father, to glorify you for every good thing that you do. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you have prayer needs, you'd like to speak with somebody, we have folks here that'll pray with you. I'll be happy to pray with you. If there's anything we can do to help you, we want to do that. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for your attention. I pray you leave here with something that'll make a difference in your life this week. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City 
or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.